Welcome to another Pastors Podcast here at Desert Foothills. I'm Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Jeremy. Joining us over the worldwide interweb so we can uh, do this podcast together in two different locations. Yep. Pretty cool. The article today is probably PG rated as opposed to G rated. What would you say? Uh, I'm going to go PG 13. No, come on. Okay. Oh, maybe I'm just more conservative than you. I don't know. It's PG. But uh, our podcast is uh, is kid-friendly, uh, family-friendly. Uh, but if you want to read the article, just uh, make that note. But the article I found on uh, BBC News website, and it, the title is, The Jokes That Have Made People Laugh for Thousands of Years. And uh, talking about people's sense of humor. Thought it was a pretty interesting article i thought it was interesting as well especially because of the the timeline i thought was actually interesting because it really begins so quickly and talking about how jokes have carried on literally that's not uh just a, a figurative description but literally over thousands of years some of the exact same jokes and one of the things that stood out to me right away was actually stating that many of the earliest jokes that we have on record that are over a thousand years old were actually put together by Catholic scholars, is what it said. They found a lot of the jokes uh, written in the margin of Bibles, so that it's in Latin and, like you said, a thousand years old. That's so unique that somebody would be just going down. And obviously, a lot of people write within uh, their Bible, but you need to remember at that time, those might have been some of the only books that they had and the only place to make all different types of notations. You know, somebody might have had some type of a recipe or something or directions in theirs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But those jokes and then even I think the oldest joke they could find and I think it was like the bronze era. I don't know. Yes. And off the top of my head, it was somewhere in the region. I didn't write it down of like 3300 BC. That's right. Yeah. Uh, potentially. And it, there was a wide range. It was like 3300 to maybe 1200 BC. But it was it was a big uh, range yet very, very early on. I think one of the things that was also interesting was the universality, I guess. the uh, When you think about that wide range of cultures and centuries of time, that seems like everyone kind of had a potty humor. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was very typical for that time. We might look at that as being weird, but um, people maybe didn't have the exact same, I don't know, standards. It was, just, it was just different. But you need to recognize that during that time of living, uh, I don't know, just to put it bluntly, the way people uh, went about any type of business, their their different business was sometimes very public and in different ways. And a lot of things were not as sanitary as we had today. And so all those different elements together uh, kind of put maybe some things, like you said, a potty humor uh, kind of at the forefront for a lot of them. I, I see it more as a similarity to today. I don't think anything has changed. You Interesting. Listen to teenage boys. Well, um, that's true. On jokes, they, and I still know adults uh, in my life. I know who just can't stop themselves from laughing at uh, some kind of a we would consider it a, a crass or a crude type of sure. comment in our society. And maybe that's another point. I think the article touched on this. 
is that uh, there is a lot of social constructs that kind of go into what's appropriate or not appropriate. Um, certainly uh, in America, if I came over to your house and just uh, had a nice meal and just belched at your table, yeah. it'd be considered very rude. Yeah. But today in other parts of the world, uh, other cultures consider that a great compliment. Like, yeah. oh, that was yep. delicious. I'm full. That was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So there's some social construct going on there. But the thing about the, call it potty humor, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, I don't know, more crude or the, that we consider today, I guess, crude in our civilized society. Um, but what's so universal about it is that it's all about humans. Like we're yeah. all humans. These are things that we all do. And there's some kind of, doesn't matter if you're a king or a court jester, <laughs> you're, you, you deal with these things every day. Well, I didn't want to pass without actually saying a joke then. You got any good appropriate jokes, Pastor Mark? I, I got one for you if you need one. Uh, you go with the appropriate one and I'll go with the inappropriate one. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what's the, what's, you know, I know you have a, a Baptist past. So, you know, what's the, what's the difference between a Lutheran and a Baptist? Well, what's the difference? Well, the, uh, the Baptist won't say hi to you in the liquor aisle at the store. Ah, very true. Very true. <laughs> no, I'm going to use, uh, I'm going to take a joke from the article, actually. And this was like literally maybe the oldest joke uh, recorded. This is back in, like you said, 3000 BC or something. And it was essentially a uh, in modern translation, I'll say. A, a young woman has never passed gas in front of her husband. <laughs> I found that so unique that that was like the oldest joke and they were, they weren't <laughs> making light of it. Like they really discovered that and said somehow this has been passed throughout the generations in different forms of being some type of very funny humor. Well, there's a lot to be said just about humor in itself. Um, some, uh, every person kind of has a different sensitivity uh, to humor. Humor always uh, pushes the boundary of, you know, too uh, soft or too crass and the joke is doesn't land. It's not funny or it's not funny and offensive. Mm -hmm. uh, but humor is always something that kind of pushes that boundary, something uh, benign, but clearly, you know, incongruent with, you know, what we normally expect or how people, we want to people to act or how something would happen in a normal way. Uh, it's a, it's, it's an interesting, uh, I don't know, science. It's an interesting study uh, to me. And so people that are all over the spectrum in their own sensitivities to what's funny, what's not funny. I think, uh, that you and I both use humor in our communications, mm -hmm. uh, preaching, uh, for example. Uh, why do you use humor in your preaching? A lot of times I try to use it, uh, for lack of a better term, as a, a hook of trying mm -hmm. to get something for people to be able to be drawn in upon. Uh, and also as some type of like a, a memory reflection. I think if somebody can remember something that has somewhat of a, a piece of humor to it and has some type of illustration, especially, it's easier to be able to remember some type of a key point that's there. 
with that, I have to admit, you got to be very careful not to distract with humor, especially in a sermon too. Uh, that can also happen of being able to uh, miss something because uh, something else is having and drawing the attention. But I think it's something that's a very good tool, just like allegory or as I mentioned, illustration or story. And we see Christ do the same thing over and over again, especially with parables to be able to link together specific points for his hearer. I like that use. I like the, again, that hook just, in other words, just to get people's attention or to bring them back in, maybe in the middle of the sermon to get yep. to the next point. Um, illustrations, memory aids. I, I like it for the, the illustrations for the uh, kind of the emphatic point. Humor has this kind of uh, absurdity or hyperbole or irony uh, that when you, you know, you laugh, haha, that's funny because there's a little bit of truth in there. And then whatever the, you know, whatever the sermon is or the gospel point, you draw that in and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that is absurd to be afraid. For well, there's, there's one other element too, and I guess I'll just get to it right now uh, before we kind of get to maybe some scripture verses. But uh, I was looking at an article from the Mayo Clinic actually too that was describing laughter uh, and humor in the lives just of people in general. And uh, obviously, especially for uh, many of our listeners in Arizona, they're very familiar with the Mayo Clinic. Uh, it was a great article. Maybe we can connect this one too. It had a lot of different descriptors in it of what humor and laughter actually does for someone and what it does, whether it's for them physically or does for them emotionally. Uh, here are just a couple of the elements that it mentions directly in the article. It says uh, humor can soothe stress. Mm -hmm. uh, humor can reduce anxiety in people. Uh, humor actually eases chronic pain. Uh, humor gets rid of tense uh, muscle pains that people have. Humor over the long term improves your immune system, and also humor increases people's levels of their personal satisfaction within their, their own life. So it's interesting, you know, to see from a complete medical perspective like that, of all the different things that humor or laughter does within us as well. Yeah, and that's a great point. It kind of leads into, like you said, kind of the, the theological part of our discussion today is... Yes. And my big question is, a lot of people wonder, does God have a sense of humor? Uh, did Jesus have a sense of humor when he was on earth? Did he tell a joke? And uh, there's actually uh, some people that really get seriously, you know, you know, debate this. Um, to me, it's pretty obvious, the, uh, the answer, but I'm not going to uh, get in a big fight over somebody, <laughs> with somebody over uh, whether God has a sense of humor or Jesus made a joke. Or, there was uh, a... There's a painting or drawing, it's more of a sketch that was put together in, uh, I think it's 1973. Uh, you know the one, people have seen it before. It's a Canadian artist that did it. And it's just a picture of Jesus laughing. And he's, you know, he's laughing out loud. He's leaning back and his mouth is open. And it's actually one of the only sketches that's out there that shows Jesus, even with any type of smile or smirk. Interestingly enough, the, that drawing now has become entitled as uh, basically the laughing Christ is what everybody calls it. But the actually artist, when he put it together, uh, I believe the original title was uh, the liberating Christ or Christ the liberator. It's one of one of those. But that was actually his original intent for the painting. 
Christ the Liberator. And now it has this concept of the laughing of Christ. But like you said, with many of our artwork, both modern or historical, we don't usually put Jesus in that context. You know, he's always got to be uh, so serious in every single element. Yeah, and that's kind of that debate, I guess, those two sides of that debate. And that that painting, there's a great uh, touch point there for, for those conversations. People get very offended by by seeing that. You know, Jesus came to do a very serious job. He didn't have time for whatever. Um, but All right, let's look at some scripture passages. Quite a bit of scripture, today. yeah. You want to go first or you want me to start? Go ahead. I got a couple just real brief ones just to get us going. You know, even if you just look at the book of Proverbs, I can't believe how many Proverbs are out there. And they're just, they're just unique. Here's from Proverbs 21, verse nine. Uh, It's better to dwell in a corner of the housetop than to be with a brawling woman in a wide house. A nagging, yeah, a nagging wife would be. Yeah. And well, that's the other one for Proverbs 27, 15. A nagging wife is as annoying is a consistent dripping on a rainy day. <laughs> I mean, those are just funny. It doesn't matter how you how you look at it. You know, these these wise sayings that somebody is supposed to be being able to pass on. And there is some wisdom there of husband and wife wanting to make sure you have uh, good relationships together and good communication. But the way that it's written, you could have written those in a lot of different ways. It has a humoristic uh, piece to it for sure. Exactly. That's a great point. Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of the, the big question, you know, does God have a sense of humor? I mean, I went, you know, straight to um, when Sarah gave birth to her son in, in her very old age, um, God brought laughter to Sarah mm-hmm. Yeah, an occasion. Uh, we also know that God created us to laugh. And I mean, that's significantly uh, poignant in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse four, where it says that for people, there is a time to laugh. Yep. Uh, it, there's a joy in uh, being in God's presence. There will be a joy that is beyond you know, compare when we're in heaven. I, th- I wrote down the same thing, that story from Genesis 21, when Sarah specifically says, you know, God has brought me laughter when she hears about that she's going to have this child in her old age. And then she goes on to actually say, and everyone who hears about this with me will laugh with me. You know, it's not that people are laughing at her. She's laughing and finding humor in this entire situation. And maybe uh, just a, a fun piece of note there for our listeners, uh, that name, Isaac, you know, translates in the Hebrew just to he laughs. You know, that's the actual name that's that's translated there. And obviously, again, finding that piece of humor within scripture and just in everyday life and interactions with God even. Yeah. And I thought of some examples where Jesus, I think, clearly was using humor to, to teach. Um, you know, there's one uh, uh, account in Mark chapter 7 uh, where Jesus has it, 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 if you just read it deadpan, like if you just read it in all seriousness, it, it's just so confusing. So the uh, non-Jewish uh, woman, right, comes to Jesus, asks uh, for her child to be exercised of, of a demon. And Jesus replies, 
This is Mark 7, 25. Let the children eat what they want first. It's not right to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, well, master, even the dogs under the table eat the crumbs that the children drop. Well said, Jesus replied. <laughs> kind of like, off you go. The demons left your daughter. And as he went home, and surely the, the child was, uh, was well. But you think about understanding the story, there's really only two options. And I think a lot of people fall under the first option that is Jesus is being rude and maybe even, I don't know, racially demeaning, mm -hmm. calling her a dog. Um, but that just, and, you know, and then, and then through the, her response, aha, Jesus had this change of heart all of a sudden, and then he decides to heal the woman's daughter after all. I don't really think that's how it played out because we can't see the look in Jesus' eyes. Yeah. We don't hear the tone of his voice or the expression yeah. on his face. Uh, that enabled the woman to realize that she's being asked a riddle of sorts, right? And then she nails the answer. Um, that's a, 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 a an element of humor that, again, is used as kind of a, a teaching point. Uh, some people argue, you know, uh, again, Jesus was too serious uh, to be making jokes. Uh, we know that Jesus wept. Well... There's a time for weeping and a time for laughing. And Jesus's true humanity, uh, his true man, uh, of course he laughed. And I, I just don't have any doubts. Uh, yeah, we start talking. You start yeah. talking about interactions like that. Sorry to jump in front. Just I wasn't even planning on talking about it, but just trying yeah. to think about those just true everyday moments with Christ. You know, when the disciples are walking along with him. And the, the little children start running to Jesus. They try to, you know, shoo them away that he doesn't have enough time and he's got to get to the next place. And mm -hmm. that's when Christ stops and, you know, takes time with these little kids and says, you know, let the little children come unto me. And I, I just can't imagine. It's hard to see somebody who wants who wants to stop, not somebody who's being bothered by kids, somebody who wants to stop and take the time to be able to be with children, not having a smile or having a level of enjoyment. Children that want to crawl upon an adult or sit with them or listen to them, they're they're smiling, they're having a having a good time. And I can only imagine that's what's taking place in these interactions. So just because it's not uh, drawn out for us in scripture or doesn't say uh, in the book of Mark, and Jesus was smiling with his pearly whites at this point, doesn't mean that you know he wasn't having this time of of just enjoyment and laughter with others. Absolutely, and then. Uh... Uh, I was thinking about how Jesus used, again, to, to teach. Um, think about the, the rich young man comes to Jesus. Jesus says, sell everything. And you can follow me. He leaves. And then he turns to everybody who's still there. And he says, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich person to get in heaven. Now, that's just funny. Now, we've, we're so familiar with it. Uh, but you got to remember hearing that for the first time. That's the camel. Go through, I mean, who would even make like it's so absurd hyperbole? When I was young, my dad, my dad always had a, the far side calendars out. You know, it was like a yearly calendar, and it was like one Very drawing nice per day. Far side. A little joke. And I always thought, you know, I always I like to draw, and I always thought, you know, that would be a, a super fun thing to do. Would be to take a scripture verse and make a drawing out of it, kind of your own scripture far side calendar, something that maybe had some meaning, but humor. And I always thought that would actually be my number one drawing for January 1st, the camel going through the eye of a needle, just because I think if you looked at it 
you know, in a far side form or comedic yeah. form, all of a sudden you see that for what it really is. Yeah, that's a great point. That, that's just a just an entrepreneurial uh, venture you're about to undertake for us. Oh man, I've had this idea for literally two decades and uh, have never started it. So well, now you just put it out there for the world to steal it from. Somebody's gonna steal it from you. You gotta get to work. Now, see, that was humor. In case anybody's listening, I was teasing. <laughs> yeah, if somebody else wants to run with the idea. Feel free. You have my blessing. Don't need credits or anything on this side. No, that'd be great. You would do a great job with that. I think I could actually pull that one off. Yeah. That would be good. I'd like to see that. Okay, listen. So we started with potty humor. I think we're going to close with some potty humor. Are you, are you ready? I'm not, but go for it. Hey, I'm just going to read the Bible to you. All right. There we go. First Kings chapter 18. I'm going to pick it up at verse 20. So Ahab, and he's the king at the time, uh, Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah, now Elijah's the good guy, he's God's prophet. He came near to all the people and he said to all these people over there, he said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? The Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only am left a prophet of the Lord. Last prophet, one prophet. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. So then he puts this famous challenge uh, to the prophets of Baal, right? Uh, he gets two bulls between them, uh, get to choose the bull for themselves. They're going to cut it, they're going to lay the wood, they're going to build the altar, obviously. They're making the sacrifice to each of their gods, right? Uh, Elijah's going to make a sacrifice to the Lord, and he's going to let the prophets of Baal make a sacrifice to Baal. And uh, he, he does all of this, uh, he, he lets them do all of this prep work uh, for the bull, for the wood, to start the fire. And then he says, okay, now you call on the name of your God, and I'll call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And so all these people, they're torn between, they're like, yeah, this is a great idea. And so uh, they choose the bull, the, the Baal, Baal prophets go first. Um, they put it on the, they try to set it on fire themselves and it, it won't work. Uh, they take the bulls given them, they prepared it, called upon the name of Baal from morning, from morning until noon. Okay, these prophets are yelling, oh Baal, answer us. There was no voice and no one answered. They limped around the altar that they had made. Now, at noon, they've been going at this, trying to get Baal to set this thing on fire for them. At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god? Well, maybe he's musing, or he's relieving himself, or he's not home, or he's asleep, and he must be awakened. Uh, so there's the... Uh, there's the humor if you're not familiar with the story or if you're too familiar with it, right? Yeah, maybe he's too busy using the bathroom to be yeah, able to answer the, your call. Maybe I guess your God's sitting on the toilet reading the Reader's Digest. He yeah. doesn't have time to answer you right now. There you uh, go. One of the oldest one of the oldest jokes. Exactly. Exactly. That is about three thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely thousands of years ago. That's cool. So yeah, there's there's humor in the Bible. God is God of joy. Uh, 
Jesus certainly laughed and used humor even in his teachings uh, with people with parables. So uh, it's it's pretty anyway. It's it's something that is also seems to be pretty unique among humans, right? Of all the species and whatever. It's, there's something about being so self-aware and even God aware, right? Knowing that, that there is a God and mm -hmm. where we stand kind of in the order of things and the limitations that we have of, uh, that, uh, yeah. Anyway, humor is uh, just an integral part of, of our lives, our personalities. And it's a great gift. It's a great gift that God has used us. Uh, yeah. So why don't we, you know, as we, you just noted so well, Pastor Mark, it truly is a gift from God, just as all of our uh, things are that we have. And so let's close with one final scripture verse from Proverbs 17, verse 22. This brings together that concept of health and healing, the concept of humor, and of course, scripture. Uh, the Lord tells us, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And so which would you rather have? I think most of us uh, that are being truthful would say we definitely would rather have a joyful heart than a crushed spirit. We'd rather have good medicine than dried up bones. So if you're struggling today, uh, even physically uh, or emotionally, uh, maybe you can take some time later to sit down with some friends. Maybe it's not telling jokes, but maybe it's reminiscing about something humoristic that happened in your life or just being able to have a good time with others. And remember that every single one of these things is a blessing from the Lord. With that, we're gonna close for today. And so we will uh, catch you next time on one of our pastoral podcasts. Thanks for listening.